That is 16 mod 10, so 8. Design and ambush. All right, yes. Today we will be designing an ambush. Hello and welcome to Roll for Topic, a roundtable discussion about topics related to running role-playing games. I'm Chris Salzman. And I'm Andy Rao. And this week we are joined by special guest Peter Dillman. Hi guys. Hey, thanks for coming on, Peter. Through a mutual friend of ours, um, we got wind that you're doing a Kickstarter, actually, that sounded super fascinating. Actually, a few of our listeners reached out to us, too, and said, like, you should get this guy on to talk about what this Kickstarter is. So um, let's just start there. Can you tell us, like, what's the pitch for what you're up to? Yeah, so I'm a huge role-playing game, board game enthusiast and uh, wanted there to be a place for people to play. Uh, especially during the global pandemic, we've kind of gotten away from being able to play in person. So yeah, uh, I've really wanted to bring people back together. So to do that, I want to get a place, furnish it up, make it nice, make it themed, kind of like an escape room feel meets a traditional game shop with all of your you know accessories meets you know good old mom's uh, basement where all your games <laughs> yeah. started. Uh, just, oh, wow. just toss all that into one. The best way to compare it for people that don't know games as well would be like an Air D and D. Okay. So, nice. so yeah. games, you know, there's overnights, there's uh, weekend events, there's just a regular campaign. Whatever you want, we've got it. And this Kickstarter is to help get the the starting funds to furnish it and make it that unique place to stay. That's super cool. Yeah. Like, so Andy and I actually got together with some friends, um, previous guest, Tim Saucer, actually over at, you know, his lake house. And we got together for a weekend and we played games for the whole weekend. And it was super fun. It was like really nice to get away to a centralized place and just kind of focus on that. Yeah. So, I mean, is your hope that like this place is like constantly have people kind of coming in and out? Or is the idea really that you're going for an overnight, like with your friends to, to play games all day? Yes and yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I would love for this place to be, you know, campaigns every night of the week, big events mm -hmm. on weekends, you know, run epics, you know, have, have multiple games going at the same time. Yeah. Anything and everything that gets people excited. I, I would love for new people that haven't experienced tabletop role playing before to like come and have a place mm -hmm. where they can meet other people you know people that yeah. haven't played it before how do you get into the game well you have to have a place mm -hmm. to go this is a place to go is this an idea you've been kind of thinking on for a long time or is this did this come up specifically just within this pandemic and other con this context recently yeah so i've been i've been thinking about this in a variety of formats for the past several years it morphed everything from like a facet of a like an esports bar that you know hmm. a bar specializing in in broadcasting esports that has a variety of board games for people to play in a back room where you can play D D and other games to a regular brick and mortar storefront that has a, you know uh, a board game uh and a tabletop role-playing game heavy influence to to now kind of this air D D concept so hmm. it's it's evolved and morphed a lot <laughs> over many years, <laughs> just trying to figure out what's the the right thing that would work. What made you feel like this was the time to pull the trigger on it? 
Well, I'm running three different campaigns right now, and wow. uh, every time I talk to a new group of people, sort of conceptualizing this idea, hashing it out, because I, I verbalize all my thoughts uh, <laughs> and, and bouncing things off of other folks, uh, everyone's like, oh, man, that sounds awesome. I would I would absolutely do that. And and like I said, I'm running these multiple campaigns right now. They're, they're all geeked about, you know, playing, continuing to play, um, and seeing that disparate see between when we played in person and now playing online through the pandemic i really wanted to have that place to bring people back to the table that's that's a big mm -hmm. thing for me there's a totally different feel in the room when you're playing a game in person that that interaction and i think that there's there's an interest from from people to be able to come back you know as we're hopefully getting getting through the the pandemic having a place to go to to try things and and like i mentioned earlier having a place for people that haven't done this before to try something new, uh, I think yeah. is, is going to be really interesting. Is there, is there a component to this of like you running games, like sort of professionally for people who want to come in and try it for the first time? Absolutely. Yes. So I'm, I'm absolutely dishing myself out as a, as a DM for hire. Yeah. Um, that, that sort of comes as, as part of the package. If you want to book a, like a weekend game, you, you get the place for a couple nights and, and I run 10, 12 hours of games uh, for folks. Wow. Uh, go all the way from character creation, you know, session zero kind of stuff to here's how to play for people that haven't and start playing um, through mm -hmm. through a whole complete story within that, that weekend. That's super cool. Do you have like, do you already have the campaign sort of written that you'd run new new people through? mostly yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. uh uh having dm'd a lot of different flavors of games for a long time uh i've mm -hmm. learned to not uh write down too much yeah, uh, yeah so yeah i i've got i've got a good framework i've got my own custom world that i've built i've got uh a lot of the the bones for that kind of thing but i i want it to feel like like traditional role playing not not so much like here's a, a railroad story that everybody goes through and you experience the same thing every time you come uh mm -hmm. I, I want it to still be that sort of open world if you want to go and and turn completely sideways and go explore this one thing that you're interested in do it and and i'll make yeah. something up and it'll be fun i love that like yeah i think that um this is really admirable right like kind of doing this like almost ambassadorship <laughs> you know of of like D D and stuff so i think there is there are a lot of people that i think that andy and i have talked to as well who are just like they're interested in D D, but they're not sure where to start you know or or they're yeah they're not sure how to get a group together or they maybe have one friend who wants to play with them and they're just not sure you know how to get those other people together so this is yeah this is super neat Tell me a little bit about the, like, so I know there's like some rewards and stuff, I guess, like what's, what's the highlight of the Kickstarter as far as like, yeah, what can you, what can you get for your pledge amounts? Yeah. So at the base level, uh, I think something that, that a lot of people are, are finding fun is, uh, you get to make an NPC that permanently will live in my world. Uh, mm -hmm. and what more importantly, when you come and play, uh, I will make sure that you get to meet and interact with that NPC. Yeah. Um, okay. Everything from like my my realtor that helped me find this property. She's like, oh, there needs to be a realtor that exists in your in your yes. world, right? To sell sell <laughs> yeah. properties. I'm like, yes, that yeah. absolutely needs to be there. 
Uh, so that's sort of sort of the the base level, and it just builds from there. Custom dice, custom T-shirts, you know, standard mm-hmm. standard stuff, all the way up through you know getting a, a whole weekend retreat with you and you know a, a group of your friends uh, if you really want to donate at the the topmost level. Yeah, I will just note that um, I've had a like realtor NPC, and that was super fun <laughs> to have have in a game. Um, I actually got it from uh, another friend of mine. Mentioned that he was playing a, a realtor in his D and D campaign just as sort of a, a little bit of a flavor thing so I, I pulled that character in um yeah just it's fun to have some of those like real world people show up in games of course the party like i think immediately like threatened them you know deceived them did anything they could possibly do to get the, the property for much cheaper than it was listed but i mean that's that's what you do to everyone you meet right yeah right yeah of course <laughs> you know one thing that is really appealing about about your kickstarter idea and just about the idea of kind of a gaming getaway it has become so hard as an adult to recapture that energy when you're like a teenager and you are capable of starting a game at like as soon as you get out of school on friday and on like sunday morning you know you're still you're still going it's pretty hard at least for me to even imagine carving out enough space and time that you can really throw yourself into a game, you know, where you're not checking your phone. I find your this Kickstarter idea to be a really fun a fun way to recapture that a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I want to make sure that the the experience is really in- inclusive of folks, you know, not not everybody's into to D&D or or other types of role-playing games. So I've got, you know, bookshelves full of of Euro games, uh other board games. So if you know you and you and your buddies from college all get together and you want a place to stay and and play some games and uh, you know chat the night away, you, you know you mm-hmm. can get this this place, get a couple rooms for, for you and your friends and and hang out and have a good time there too. When I think about gaming getaways, I have to I have to mention this sort of like the white whale, like this <laughs> there's this mythic gaming getaway I read about uh, from a poster on RPG Net uh, many many years ago who described. He lived somewhere in the UK, and he and his friends rented a lighthouse for a weekend to run <laughs> uh, to run call, a Call of Cthulhu, one of like the the Mountains of Madness campaign uh, from start to finish. Mm-hmm. That will never happen. But like the the thought of not only getting together like that, but investing in like the atmosphere and all of those extra side things that kind of feed into the game experience. I don't know. It sounds really fun. This just made me think that maybe we need to um, do a weekend at Dumb's Dungeon and like hide a bunch of stuff, like dig some holes in the back <laughs> backyard, like hide some treasure, that sort of thing. Just kind of secretly put a, a map on one of the shelves. <laughs> just see I what mean, happens. Y- you say yeah. that, but uh, there, oh. there may or may not be some hidden items planned uh, at Dillman's. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I really want it to be a completely interactive experience. So, you know, and, and yeah. earlier I'd mentioned kind of like an escape room. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that that sort of mental challenge in addition. You know, imagine if you're playing a game, uh, a, a tabletop game, you're, you're role playing, you're, you're, you know, crawling through a dungeon, whatever. And and suddenly it's like, OK, you're in this room. The door closes behind you. You have to get out. And then I make everybody get up from the table and go into the basement. And now you're in the room. (laughs) Right. So, so I want to, I want to figure out how to get some of those elements uh, ingrained Mm -hmm. as this business grows. uh, So that it becomes even more of that sort of epic and involved experience. Could you see yourself customizing the environment a little bit? uh, If you know what kind of game people will be running? Yes. What if you find out someone's coming in and they're going to be running like a sci-fi, a sci-fi game for the weekend? 
Yeah, I want everything to be flavored, but not so much that it has like one mindset. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. it, yeah, being able to to tailor to to what what folks like to to see and use. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so if people want to learn more, obviously, uh, you know, you can Google Dolman's Dungeon or go to Kickstarter and search for it. Are there other places online, like Twitter accounts, wherever else where people could follow you Yep, or check you out? I've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Those are my primary socials, if you will. All right, awesome. Well, we'll put those in the show notes as well, um, although people have probably already Googled uh, those things. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. I like to pretend that they check the show notes. Um, yeah, let's see. Let's uh, let's actually transition to our, our design challenge. I think that would be good. At the beginning, you rolled on our table. Yeah, you rolled an eight for design and ambush. Um, so this is a fun one, right? Like, uh, so the idea that what we're going to do now is just sort of like talk this through, come up with like the one true ambush to beat all other ambushes, right? No, we'll probably come up with a couple ideas for them, I think. Does anyone have in their back pocket like a, a memorable ambush that they've run? When I was younger, my players in playing in D&D or D&D related games developed this process for going through dungeons or hostile environments where they they would set up ambushes like Mm -hmm. they would put the fighters on either side of the door uh and they would other characters would take up position and then they would call or lure monsters in from the next room over or whatever and Mm -hmm. it was a little cheesy and gamey but i got tired of them absolutely butchering every monster i mean when something would come through that door like you know two heavy fighters would both swing at it and then people are shooting <laughs> at it and casting spells like it it rarely survived like around more than a round or two and so uh once or twice i have tried to have the monsters do that as well it always feels a little cheap because you can do a lot of damage if you mm-hmm. really rig an ambush well but i have once or once or twice i've had the monsters do exactly that like you step through <laughs> the door and there's an orc on either side and they're already swinging their scimitar and the mm-hmm. archers in the corner are already firing at you. That said, I don't, you know, my goal is not to to kill the party, so I don't I don't do that too much. But I have indulged that once or twice. What about you guys? The imagery that it immediately invoked in my mind was uh, one of my favorite movies as a kid, uh, The Swiss Family Robinson. And there's mm-hmm. a there's a holdout scene at the very end where they set up just this massive series of booby traps on a big hill yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, to thwart, you know, the the pirates that are coming to attack them. Uh, and so immediately when I think of this, uh, that's exactly what I want to build <laughs> is, yeah. is there some objective at the top of the hill that the, the party's got to go and get. And yet yeah. suddenly, you know chaos ensues everywhere they turn there's some some hidden trap or some surprise that they just absolutely aren't expecting how about you chris have have uh have you ambushed anyone i'm i'm far too nice to really do that yeah. <laughs> as a gm i mean i think there's a, a the the lost minds of fandelver um actually starts with an ambush which i think is a pretty fun fun setup um so if you're if you're running that game um i guess spoiler alert but uh you (laughs) the party is supposed to be kind of like going down this trail and there's a goblin ambush so the very first combat you're in kind of the yeah is it starts with like these arrows sort of coming out of nowhere um but it does a good job of telegraphing that like there's probably something to miss and that's actually something i wanted to talk about like so for an effective ambush it, like, do you have to be fair with the players? So I was thinking about like Andy, your story. 
did you telegraph to them like that this was going to come like that the, the orcs were standing there with their scimitars or was this just like andy getting up? okay <laughs> all right yeah but this was years of like you've been doing this to me okay. on a weekly basis for years it's now it's your turn okay well let's uh, let's take a step back and maybe like um andy in his <laughs> in his calm and right mind i guess if you were going to design that as like a like i'm going to write this down in an adventure you know have this this ambush set up i guess like how would you set that up so it doesn't feel like it's unfair to the players? Yeah, well, both of you guys feel free to chime in too. I'm, I'll mm-hmm. just uh, babble out loud here for a minute. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the first thing I would, I think I would want to do is, you know, kind of figure out what's the purpose of the ambush. I think the ambush is most interesting when the purpose is not to get a, like a massive alpha strike blow in against the PCs and just um, and just skewer them in the first round. I think ambushes are more fun, not necessarily when they hurt the PCs, but when they catch them off guard and they force them into like a battle situation that they would never otherwise be in. So mm-hmm. they're not wearing their armor or the, everything is out of position or out of place or your your arrows are over by the fire and your way over here. Normal PC parties will go into fights prepared and cautious and weary and... That's fine. They should be doing that. But I would want to look at how fights have been playing out. And what are like the PCs doing every time they go Mm -hmm. into a fight that sets them up for success? And how can I like push them out of their comfort zone by taking away any crutches they've started to rely on? So I was I was going to say, I I think it's it's good to challenge your players to to think laterally. I mean, that's one of the main advantages uh, or things that you can learn and a skill set you can develop is is that lateral thinking problem solving uh and and so really challenging your players with with an ambush uh puts them puts them on their back heels and and makes them think creatively but mm-hmm. i think for me the biggest thing about an ambush or or any encounter trap whatever is it's got to drive the story somehow so mm-hmm. so why is there an ambush uh, and I, I think figuring that out is, is such a huge part. What is, what is the, that do for your story? You know, it's, it's one thing to do it, to, to challenge your players. And that absolutely serves a good role. It's another to say, okay, maybe there's an ambush because that group of goblins that, that are on the road are being driven to, because there's some bigger bad behind the, the scenes or mm-hmm. to try and force your party back into, you know, They've, they've got to regroup and and fortify some area. Well, now that they're in that area, there's something there for them to to explore that they wouldn't have been pushed into uh, exploring otherwise. Hmm. So th- oh, there's there's a way to strategically use that, that ambush to drive some sort of a story element in whatever you've got mm-hmm. designed beyond that one encounter. That's a really good point. I think even going back to what I was mentioning with Lost Minds, uh, Found Elver, like part of the reason that ambush happens is to draw your attention to the fact that there's stuff off the road you know it's not just like oh i'm gonna walk from point a to point b it's like there's a forest there to the north like why are these goblins you know in in that forest um that sort of stuff yeah you also mentioned like going back to something like about like traps and stuff i think like yeah traps have a very symbiotic relationship i think to to ambushes like a trap can almost be seen i think as like this inciting incident too it's like you you've stepped on the switch plate and now this this other stuff is going to happen. And that could be a bunch of arrows firing at you. You have rung a giant bell. So now a bunch of people are going to descend upon you. You know, going back, I think to our, our design challenges, like let's start, let's start designing this a little bit. I've heard like a couple of good ideas about like, 
let's figure out how we can design this to push a story along. Andy has decided that he wants to use this as a way to just like get back, <laughs> get back at his players for, <laughs> for everything they're doing. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's like probably a good place to start. It's like, okay, so whatever the ambush is, it can't just be like a, like a clever tactical positioning thing. Like, let's think about it in terms of like, how can it drive forward, you know, the story in some fashion. And can we assume we're talking about kind of D and D ish fantasy? Yeah, I think that's, that sounds good. So one thing that, uh, that appeals to me about an ambush is the suggestion that the PCs are one step behind the bad guys because maybe the ambush was thrown together like really quickly right before the PCs came on the scene. But I like the idea that the bad guys picked this time and this moment to engage the PCs because they've been watching them or monitoring them or expecting them. Not only does that make it more interesting, I think, but it also kind of it gives the PCs an opportunity to derail the ambush by noticing those things happening before the arrows fly, right? Yeah. So, so could we come up with like a little scenario where the bad guys are monitoring or tracking or, or of the PCs for some reason? Yeah, I think that actually gives the PCs that foreshadowing that I think is really important, you know, you know, getting the, the PCs getting the sense that somebody is watching them not only serves to give them warning that something's coming, right? And and gets them talking and, and planning and strategizing. But I think it also builds that sense of dread that's so important to make the the adventure that much more impactful when that ambush does happen. Uh mm-hmm. that it's that's like, oh man, here we are. We're finally in the mix of it. Ambushes happen when the PCs are going someplace, right? So where are they going? That's actually a good point. Yeah, maybe we should come up with a setting. I think in my mind, I just keep on thinking about like traveling on a road or like in a dungeon, but I wonder if there's something more interesting. And it could be a nice challenge to take that like goblin ambush on a road scenario and be like, mm-hmm. okay, how, how can this be more interesting than just the goblins get a free shot in the first round? Yeah. So so I think with this setup of of something tracking our band of heroes to set up for this ambush that implies a certain level of intelligence, right? Goblins mm-hmm. are just chaotic and are just naturally going to take the first opportunity they can to jump the party. They're not going to mm-hmm. be strategic about it, right? So mm-hmm. so I think part of that is in this scenario, there is much more intent and intelligence behind it. So it's one step past you know, or two steps past bandits cutting down a tree to block the road, right? There's got to be several layers deep, I would imagine, of luring the players into whatever scenario they want to lure them into. What if the PC's most recent quest giver is setting them up and is Mm -hmm. sending them deliberately towards uh, an ambush that they're aware of? I just thought of this and I'm really taken with the idea of, of doing the ambush sort of on their triumphant return back from somewhere. Oh, interesting. So like maybe, maybe like the quest giver has given them something like they know they're going to accomplish it. You know, it helps them out in some way to get, get whatever item or person that's coming back from, from the, from the quest. Right. So it's on the way back, you know, from this sort of triumphant thing that they've just done back to the quest giver. Um, you know, so how might they, they use that to their, uh, their advantage, knowing that, you know, the party's coming off of like kind of a, a high, a high point, you know, they might have their guard down a little bit. That's interesting too because you know a lot of a lot of role playing game nights end with like the party victoriously accomplishing their goal 
And I think there's mm-hmm. something kind of fun about like, oh no, don't pack up your stuff yet. You've got a you've got a journey back home. Like yeah. I think there's a little bit of dread might crop up. Uh, yeah, so, but, but why? So yeah. I feel like this is a good opportunity to introduce moral quandary. Then, so perhaps instead of you know the party comes back victorious, they've got their item in hand that they were sent to go uh, retrieve and and bring to the quest giver. What if rather than being jumped by a bunch of bad guys that the party is going to then have to deal with, the town's guard has been tipped off that these group of random people to new to this town, these outsiders, uh, have just stolen this thing from somebody and now the town is set against them. Oh, so this is like going back to your Swiss family Robinson thing. Like maybe maybe the town is up in arms they see this party of brave adventurers coming in, but to them, it sort of looks like a, a, a band of uh, marauders coming towards their town. Exactly. Yeah. So the only person in town who knows that they're they're there on like I don't know, like a quest is the quest giver. Maybe they're not around, so it's like everybody else just sort of assuming that there's there's an attack coming. I cool. like that idea because it. Uh, I think we can have fun brainstorming what the underdogs, how the underdogs would ambush mm-hmm. a more powerful party, because presumably the PCs are more powerful than the town guard or the peasants here. But we yeah. all have seen many great movies where, you know, the, the peasant rabble gathers up and ambushes, a, uses clever mm-hmm. tactics and stuff. So that might be fun okay. to put the PCs in that situation. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's great. That's okay. Perfectly, let's perfectly let's do that situation. then. Let's plan on it then. Chris, when you said that, I, I'm thinking of that scene at the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark where, uh, like, mm-hmm. you get the sense that Indiana Jones's uh, rivals, like, are have a pretty uh, set pattern of letting him get the thing and then they ambush him as soon as he comes out with the idol or whatever. But yes. Yeah, you should really learn. (laughs) Okay, so the PCs are on their way back from like the dungeon or the whatever. They're laden Mm -hmm. with loot or they've got the item. And the people in the town, they're either heading towards or they're passing through. Think rightly or wrongly that uh, what the PCs have ought to be theirs instead. Is Is that right? Yeah, I think you could even abstract it a little bit to maybe just like the like the town that the the party is going going towards um, does not want them to enter, or if they do enter, are going to arrest them, right? Yeah, arrest them or try to yeah kill them or you know something. It's not it's going to be some a fight. sort of aggressive. Yeah. So do the townspeople try to jump or confront the PCs outside town or at the entrance of town? Or is it that situation where the PCs are in town getting a drink and then the town guard captain saunters in and is like, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess I, I assume that they would try to prevent them from getting in. Yeah, so I guess yeah, that would be, so like one approach is, you know, like they go out and set a bunch of traps, right? Like it's just sort of like try everything. Yeah, do the Home Alone, Swiss Family Robinson thing. Like you're not even going to make it inside of here. And if you do, there's even more traps once you get inside. Yeah, or the other one is luring them into you know a place of safety. I think the challenge with that first scenario is the PCs might be like, well, we retrieved this thing, completed this quest. Yeah, we're supposed to bring it back to the quest giver, but the town's kind of not letting us in. We're just going to wander over to the next town and figure stuff out, right? See, I think yeah. you, you need to to get them inside to get them lowering their guard even further. And I would say it would be at the handoff. The, the fruition of the quest is to return some item to the quest giver. The guards mm-hmm. come in and swoop in at that exact moment and say, we've caught you red-handed with the thing that you're not supposed to have. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So that that brings to mind then. So then I think the townsfolk would 
would be like cheering them as they're coming in, right? Like they might even go kind of over the top with it. So like, a, again, like a savvy party might be like, well, something, something's up here. Um, like, why are they like singing a song about us? Like we, <laughs> how do they know, <laughs> know about us? Um, how did they improvise just... this song all together? <laughs> yeah. Choreograph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Disney movie <laughs> as they're coming in. Like maybe, oh, I just keep on thinking about, uh, is it Brie in Lord of the Rings that has the, the, like the giant, um, gate that they have to go through to like, to, to get inside? Not describing this well. So I'm thinking about like a town, right. That has, has some sort of fortification that they could sort of close off to the players just to make it a little bit more ominous or to keep them inside of a, like a constrained place. So it's like they, they go into the town, like the, the gates are open to them. And then as they, as soon as they walk through, they sort of like close and someone locks a key and runs away. <laughs> So where would the townsfolk then situate the handoff? So Andy, you mentioned like inside of a bar or something like or yeah, the the inn or the tavern or something like that. Is there anywhere else that might be a better spot for them to to like yeah to set up um, inside town? So so the way I'm picturing it is the the person in the know is the quest giver. Mm-hmm. So he's setting up this whole scenario so that he has the most advantage. So I'm guessing he's going to want it somewhere on his home turf, some some building that's been set up with the explicit purpose, like a two-story open middle kind of scenario where the PCs walk into a desk and then the guards come in and close the doors behind them and there's, you know, people with crossbows pointing down at them suddenly, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just completely fish in a barrel kind of scenario while our quest giver, giver can duck out or stays hidden and pokes out occasionally to fire off a shot at our heroes just to be that third party in in the ambush because i think adding another interested party in the ambush uh gives it that that layer of depth and feel that it's not just one-on-one there's what's this other guy i thought he was with us what if the um so i like the idea of a a two-story kind of like open building like that like what if they what if there's just ladders up to the second floor you know so there's the handoff that guy kind of goes up to the second floor the ladders are pulled up and like maybe just for extra drama, um, they light the building on fire. So like <laughs> buildings on fire bars on the, the doors and the windows and all that sort of stuff. And, like maybe there's like one open window on the second floor just to be like, well, you could get out that way pretty easily. As soon as you said ladders, I immediately pictured like uh, a library where you've got the ladders that you have to oh. like slide around on to, yeah. to get to those top, top shelves. But yeah. probably the town burning their library uh, might not be something yeah. they would choose to do. <laughs> what uh, if it's, it's just a town of libraries? It's like what a candle keep. You know, it's like there's just books everywhere. They, they they pulled a blazing saddle and built a fake library just to <laughs> yes. trap the heroes. So what I kind of like <laughs> is the uh, ambushers will have the hometown advantage, but they don't want their city to burn to the ground, right? So mm-hmm. actually, a factor in their decision making is keeping the collateral damage to our town as low as we can right mm-hmm. by the yeah. way chris when you mentioned that kind of two-story thing i pictured i don't know if, have you guys seen the legend of drunken master with jackie or jackie yeah Chan? jackie uh, Chan. Yeah, there's a great yeah. two-story fight i'm yes. pretty sure he employs ladders as a as a weapon uh and yeah there's <laughs> large and a large uh bamboo stick i believe that's that's right yeah. yes so in a small village like the inn might be the central gathering place where the PCs would naturally go just to conduct business, you know? Um, I like sp- a 
grain silo. You know, that's what I'm thinking about. Like, you know, something that you might like a storage facility that would have some verticality to it. It, it doesn't have to be super plausible. I mean, like, sure. it, and honestly, it could just be, yeah, uh, it's our giant library. You know, the wizard built it, you know, that sort of, yeah. <laughs> that sort of logic. So who are they? Who are the ambushers? So we've thrown out a couple of different possibilities. We have mm-hmm. whoever it is, the quest giver. We have the town guard. If they have been pulled into this, mm-hmm. there is the possibility of just average Joe citizens being involved in it. Mm-hmm. I suppose if this is, you know, a typical fantasy world, it's possible they've hired some adventurers or, or you know, or brigands or ne'er-do-wells to uh, mm-hmm. to be the the muscle uh, in the ambush. What do yeah. you guys think? I think the nice thing is with the scenario, it can flex to meet the whatever kind of setting you want it to be. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you want to cast the heroes as really bad guys in this town, you have the townsfolk raise up uh, and yeah. and do something. If you want to have a sort of a neutral setting, you have the town's guard do it. And if you want to have them, the quest giver, be really an evil guy, he's brought in some really beefy mercenaries to, to take mm-hmm. out this group of heroes, an assassination attempt. So yeah. I, I think you I can like flavor that. it whichever way you want it. Okay, so like they they go in like there's some sort of handoff that happens. At least the door is locked. Yeah. Maybe the thing is put on fire. Like what what else is like fun or interesting that you could do? Do we want to have additional traps? Like I mean, so we're, like if this is this yeah, if they're thinking about it. Like they they might have set up some stuff. We're in a fantasy setting, so of course there's mm-hmm. going to be some amount of magic, right? Yes, right. Yeah. So you can you know maybe the floor immediately quicksands. And those heroes that are in the center are now starting to sink in while those uh, archers on the top are shooting down at them. So it's even mm-hmm. harder to get out of the the fish barrel, uh, fish in a barrel yeah. kind of scenario. Yeah, you could have like all the torches go out at the same time too, right? So like everything goes dark. Um, although I guess if the, the fire, if they like the building on fire, it's like <laughs> yeah. the torch, all the torches go out, like you can't see anything. And then like next round, it's like, all of a sudden, you can start to see stuff like what's going on, and it starts getting get hotter and hotter in there. Yeah, we get a, just so many catastrophes that they start to cancel each other out. To, yeah, to... <laughs> there's rain coming down. <laughs> so I really like the idea of having it be sort of flexible as to the nature of the opposition. But so regardless, so these people have something have taken to some extent the measure of the PCs and their abilities. So mm-hmm. if we imagine this is a, a typical adventuring party. You've got one or two fighty types, you've got one or two uh, magic-y types, and you've got a healer probably. In a way that's fun in a game, how do you take advantage of a group like that? Like, how do you put them on a disadvantage? Yeah, I wonder if it is, like, again, you have to sort of tailor it to the group that you have. You know, like, we're talking about a big open space too, right? So if you if your fighters used to firing off arrows or something like that, maybe you make it really hard to, to shoot you know, shoot on the first floor. Like there's just stuff obstructing everywhere, right? Like, so getting a clear shot's hard, hard to do it that way. Um, I think though, like given, given the number of things we've talked about, like that's probably plenty to challenge them, yeah. right? Like you're going to get them caught flat-footed. I think the thing I'm, I'm like worried about as far as keeping the ambush interesting is what if they just find a way out of the building pretty quickly? Does that ruin the ambush or is it still fun? It's like, okay, well, you found it out. Like, that's fine. You know, you know, like, is there, is there a secondary step that like has to happen? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. so now I'm picturing sort of the, the beginning action part of the movie red uh, with, Bruce, with Bruce Willis. There is a team of hired assassins that come in to kill him. And of course mm-hmm. he dispatches of them. 
and then he yeah. then he hears static on the radio and of course the second team is waiting and they come in and start mowing the place down so yeah. so if the pcs get out of this scenario and come step outside now there's the team b and these guys yeah. are even beefier than the ones that were inside <laughs> just to make yeah. sure that the pcs can't get away it depends too a bit what the pcs goal are you know if the pcs have their loot still their goal is going to be to escape if they have lost the loot their goal will be to hunt it down and and get it back so i think there's a lot of cool possibilities about running an escape like in a city that you don't know very well Um, Mm -hmm. i mean it could be really dramatic you know if they escape through that upper second floor window you mentioned chris what if they're running across rooftops you know Oh, if yeah. they get out the front door, uh, you know, if they get out of the ground floor doors, what if they're running through alleys that other people know well and that they quickly get lost in? Right? What if what if we change that slightly? Because I really like that idea. But they were set up by the quest giver. Well, he ducked out as soon as the handoff was made and he's got his thing and suddenly the party is under attack by this ambush. Well, what if when they get out, they see him duck behind an alley or darting across a roof and so now it's turned not just into from an ambush, but now they're chasing him to try and get him back, right? Oh, yeah. And then behind them come the mercenaries or the town guard or whoever. Uh, and yeah. so there's now a, a staggered chase scene that's that's been added on to it. Yeah, I like that. I think that's plenty. Um, we're, we're coming up on our time. So I think like, yeah, like I think the, the scene that's set is super fun to me, right? So it's like, yeah, they're going to do the handoff, right? And it's like the doors lock, the place gets lit on fire the quest giver you know skedaddles out the door you know skedaddles out the door or the window or you know something like that and i think that's that's a good ambush right like so there's probably yeah there's some fighting inside if they get out there's fighting out there or there's a chase like there's lots of fun opportunities for action there is there any other like flavor bits any you want to like put a twist on it before before we totally wrap up well i wonder if we could close out by each of us uh individually or just as a group if we come up with like three interesting things that crop up in that ambush. So these people have had some time to prep for the ambush. In typical fantasy town, what have they what have they gone and dug up or prepped uh, mm-hmm. to do this? Like that's not I'm not looking for super powerful stuff. I'm just thinking like if you had to go ambush a team of heroes and you lived in fantasy town, what would you bring to that fight? I would have like three copies of the <laughs> the item in question like counterfeit copies of oh, it just perfect. sort of like hidden around or able to be dropped at, at any moment. See, yeah, that's great. See, see, I, I think in terms of what's, what's going to drive that story forward and what's going to be an interesting side reward or benefit for the party members, those guards have brought a dossier on each of the players to say what their strengths <laughs> and weaknesses are. And maybe the players can find out how to get that dossier on their other party members during <laughs> the, the chaos of the, the ambush. What do you got, Andy? I was thinking more like in a Western, the bartender reaches behind the bar and pulls out this, you know, a shotgun the size of your torso or something. Yeah. You know, what's like what's like the fantasy equivalent of that, right? <laughs> I mean, I think like a shotgun, right? That'd be pretty cool. What, what if, yeah, I mean, what if this town has like some weird one-of-a-kind blunderbuss and, yeah. uh, and they've polished it and loaded it and cleaned it just for this fight i like that yeah it, it, it would maybe flavor wise right it shoots off magic missiles or something right. like that but yeah like i like that idea of just like some sort of like multi-wand yeah thing. and maybe <laughs> they, like maybe they don't even know how to use it all that well and that's evident in the way they choose to use it so you could give them something 
you know, whatever. Maybe they went to the, the temple and picked out their most powerful ancient relic that shoots off some spells, but they don't really know how to use it. So they would have something that quite powerful, but they're using it inefficiently or, or poorly. So anyway. Cle- clearly it has to be a wand that makes fire. And <laughs> yes. that's how the building gets set on fire. Yes. Is they're originally yeah. getting just shot with arrows. Right. And then this guy pops up out of nowhere and starts yeah. flicking this wand and just starts igniting random parts of the building <laughs> yes. because yeah. things have gone sideways. That's Instead, perfect. it's a magical flame that you can't just like put out while you're exactly. creating some water. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that that's, uh, I think we can call it a wrap because I think we've, got our uh, skeleton of an ambush and if this inspires you to uh, toss this ambush or a variant of it into your game we'd love to hear about it so yeah uh peter thank you so much for coming on this was super fun i hope it was it was enjoyable for you but yeah i appreciate getting to hear about the kickstarter then you taking some time to um yeah brainstorm with us about this kind of silly idea but i'm also really (laughs) excited to try to run it (laughs) yeah absolutely this was great thanks yeah is there anything uh, about the kickstarter that we didn't ask you that you would want to leave listeners with uh, yeah, make sure to make sure to check it out. Uh, back it if you're interested. Feel free to reach out to me on socials. Uh, send me an email directly uh, and ask about any of the services I have to offer. I love talking about D and D and other role playing games. So uh, just bounce ideas off of me if you'd like to. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Peter. Well, I will wrap us up here then. Um, I've been Chris Salzman. I've been Andy Rao. And again, we had Peter Dillman on. And remember, if your players are having fun, you're a great GM. 